reading from this portion of scripture and we'll continue on past verse 4 of chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. And somebody say with me, they were all filled. Say it again. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Continuing on down and Verse 12 and says, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? What's this all about? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter standing up with the eleven, the other eleven apostles, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, Be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. Somebody say it with me. This is that. Say it again. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions and your old men dream dreams and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy that's in the book that we just read to you That's what happened here tonight, amen? A little prophecy. We like spontaneous worship, amen? We like when the Holy Ghost moves in. We like when the power of God comes in. We have an order of service, but I really like when the Holy Ghost comes into the church. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Now you can continue running around the church because this is the word of God. You don't have to get comfortable in your pew. I know I saw some of you getting comfortable. It's not time to get comfortable. The word of God is going forth. Amen. You know, if you go to a Pentecostal church, you'll live longer. Did you hear me? I said, if you go to a Pentecostal church, you will live longer. You know why? You get a whole lot more exercise in. You're up, you're down, you're running around, you got your hands in the air, you're clapping your hands, you're jumping up and down, you're running around, you're up, you're down, you're in, you're out. That's the Holy Ghost inside of us that gets excited. Somebody say, why do you lift up your voice and get so loud? The Bible says here that in verse 14, but Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice. He was excited about what God had just given him. 
I heard the other day that they had a lottery that was 1.2 billion. I think that's a little bit of insanity. I'm not sure that any of us in here could handle 1.2 billion. I know you think you know what you would do with it. At least I've dreamed about it before. Have you ever dreamed about winning the lottery? Who's dreamed about it? If you don't have your hands up, you're not telling the truth. <laughs> I have dreamed at times of people putting a winning lottery ticket in the offering basket. Somebody said, would you keep that money? You better believe it. The devil's had that money long enough. God's time to have that money. Amen. <laughs> amen. 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 It's our time to be on top. Amen. It's our time to be a winner. It's our time to be out front. God said he would make you the head and not the tail. You'd be on the inside and not on the outside. You'd be on the winning side, not on the losing side. I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, and I'm on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. This is the first revival that took place in the book of Acts. There is a beginning revival that must take place in everyone's life. I started out preaching this morning and I didn't get finished. So I'm just continuing on from my notes. Actually, I'm not preaching from notes. This is just from memory or what the Lord gives me. Amen. I'm preaching from starting this morning and this is part B of the whole enchilada. Amen. <laughs> The scripture said here that they were so excited that they went outside and they were dancing and shouting and speaking in tongues and people of the world were astonished at what was going on because it was only 9 o'clock in the morning. I mean at 9 o'clock in the morning most of us or most of you have only had maybe one cup of coffee and you're still trying to get the cobwebs out of your eyes and still trying to get awake. Others mocked and said they're drunk and they, they had a party that lasted all night long. I looked at my watch right now. It's only five minutes after seven and the night is young. That means if we go to nine o'clock in the morning, we're going to have some party time tonight. I've told you this before. I remember a new convert came into the church and had just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and was so excited about what God had done in his life he delivered him from drugs and delivered him from alcoholism and he was running back and forth and it was about 8 o'clock at night and people were winding down in the church looking at their watches and seeing where their kids were and thinking about the job the next day and the pastor was getting up to preach and ready to, ready to dismiss and the new convert looked around and said hey everybody let's party in other words, the night is young. When I was in the world partying 7 o'clock in the evening, we weren't even at the house getting ready. I hadn't even gotten in the shower to go to the party. Amen. I'm excited about what Jesus has done. I believe that everybody has to have a beginning revival in their life. 
You have to have a beginning revival that establishes you in such a way that the fire and the flame will never go out. If all that you have is a little spark, I can put it out with a squirt gun. But if you get a real flame going in your heart, if there's a real fire burning in your soul, if you're excited about what God has done for you, God may have delivered you from a life of crime. You might have been in prison right now. If it had not been for the grace and goodness of God, you might have been dead. But God said, I'm going to rescue you and save you because I have a calling and a work for you to do. Somebody shout hallelujah. So there has to be a beginning revival. The scripture says suddenly this came on them. It didn't gradually, you don't just gradually grow into it and say, well, I guess I'm going to be a believer Hey, you know what? Uh, I, I want to be on the front row. God bless all you people on the back row. I hope you make it to heaven. Uh, but I'm going to be on the front row. Amen. Have you ever gone to SeaWorld? Has anybody in this place ever gone to SeaWorld? You know, at SeaWorld, when they had the killer whales, uh, Shamu and all those guys, uh, I guess they're not guys, I guess they're fish, but... You remember they had a place in the big arena and down in front they had the splash zone. That was the area where you knew you were guaranteed to get wet. I know some folks would go way up in the, the, way up in the heights. They could barely see the fish. But I wanted to get down close to where the action was. You know, that's me at church. I want to get down close to where the action is. Amen. I, I, I always told my children, you need to get in the spit zone. You said, what's the spit zone? That's when the preacher is preaching so fast and so loud that a little spittle comes out of his mouth and gets on you. Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You need to get excited about what Jesus has done. Are you listening to me? I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul just like the Bible says and I'm excited about what God has done. He will deliver. He will save. He will set free. He will heal. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. You may be seated. Now there were some that stood around and heard the preaching of Peter. God made Peter a great preacher. Peter always had something to say. <laughs> Sometimes it wasn't so good. <laughs> uh, but he always had something to say. I, I was reluctant to let Brother Medlin have the mic tonight because I knew, unlike Sister Macy, he'd have something to say. <laughs> I wouldn't have to ha give him any warning or any preparation. Uh, you know, I'm always reluctant to give a preacher a mic because they're... they're Things could get out of control, you know. <laughs> Why? Because we have something to say. And Peter preached on the day of Pentecost that it was your sins that put Jesus on the cross. 
if anyone in this place says I'm a pretty good person I'm, I'm, I'm okay I, I think I'm doing good I'm on the right path I, I think I've, I, I'm, I'm going to make it you're wrong friend you were uh, just as big a sinner as the person that's sitting on the bar tonight drinking another beer after the four or five beers they've already had just as wicked and evil as someone that has committed a murder or a crime or just as wicked and evil as someone who's cheated on their spouse on their partner I want you to know tonight that you are a sinner saved because God's grace brought you to Calvary brought you to the cross of Jesus Christ and it's a level playing field and Peter preached and said it's because of your sin that Jesus came now in a beginning revival you have to realize that you're not a pretty good person I'm not a pretty good person I'm not before Jesus filled my heart I wasn't a good person I could say in my own arrogance I could say I'm a good person I haven't robbed a bank I haven't killed anybody I, I recently I haven't lied and I could start patting myself on the back and saying I'm a pretty good person but all have come short everybody say all have come short Everybody has failed. Everybody has fallen short. Everybody has been unsuccessful at sending themselves to heaven. You know, you cannot be your own Savior. We have only one Savior, and His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. And when they heard this, the Bible says, they were quickened or pricked or convicted in their hearts. You know, there is conviction that is in this place right now. I'm talking about the cross of Jesus Christ. When you realize your need for salvation, what you're supposed to do is come to this altar and repent of your sins and say, God, I'm sorry. I need you. I need you in my heart. There's something so powerful and so cleansing about repentance. Have you ever had something against someone? How many's ever had something in the heart, anger or hatred or whatever in your heart. And you carried that like baggage day after day. And it becomes heavier and heavier and heavier. And so that you're walking around with this big load and the devil keeps piling on more and more and more until you're like the woman in the scripture she was bent so low she was carrying a burden I want you to know that Jesus Christ came to relieve you of burdens like that you can be set free we talked about freedom tonight you can stand upright you can look the devil square in the eye and say that what you're saying about me that's what I used to do but I went to the, uh, the watery grave in Jesus name and I was baptized and all my sins were washed away so the Bible says that they heard this they were convicted and they said unto Peter and the other apostles what must we do now you have to understand that these were Jewish people that had come to Israel, that had traveled a long way to be in Jerusalem for the feast of Pentecost they were there for a special reason these weren't just People who knew nothing about God. They knew a lot about the scriptures. But when they heard, saw the miracles, when they saw those who were dancing and speaking with other tongues, and then they heard the preaching of the word of God. You know, I'm glad and thankful for the miracle that took place in this place right just a few minutes ago. 
but there's nothing as powerful as the preached Word of God. The Bible says that we're saved by the foolishness of preaching. It's the cross of Jesus Christ that will save you. I have personally prayed for people and they've been healed. I remember right now I'm thinking of a young lady that was lying in a hospital bed and the doctors had given up on her. They had, she had taken some chemicals that she found underneath the kitchen sink and she had drank them. She wanted to end her her life uh, and things did not look very good for her uh, they called me in uh, and I thought well I'm just going to go there and pray and try to comfort the family because this is a sad sad situation uh, I, I'm just going to try to comfort them and, and pray for the family I'm not sure if the girl's going to make it they didn't expect her to make it uh, but when I got in there and I started praying uh, and the Holy Spirit came on me uh, and said pray for her that she would have one more chance uh, and so I don't normally cry I, I'm not very demonstrative I don't I don't cry when I'm in the hope uh, the um hospital rooms I'm pretty dry and I don't really get too excited but this particular time I really started crying and I said oh God give her one more chance oh God give her one more chance give her one more chance to pray give her one more chance to seek after you give her one more chance to worship you that she might lift up her hands and praise you with her lips I left the place. I felt a little embarrassed by my uh, display of emotions. And because it wasn't a church service, I, I try to be respectful of the hospital. Uh, there's doctors and nurses in there. And I was just all beside myself praying and crying. And I left and I thought, well, I'm not sure what God's going to do, but I obeyed the voice of the Lord. And it was the next day that she was sitting up and she was not unconscious but now she was eating and they were removing the tubes out of her body and I said to the Lord I thank you Lord for giving her one more chance I thank you Lord for answering my prayer you commanded me you told me to do it I prayed in that manner and you responded by performing a miracle in her life but sad to say I have not seen her here at church God gave her another miracle another chance I'm not sure what she's doing with it so it's not miracles that will save you it's the preaching of the word of God it's the word that goes forth that will touch your heart now when they heard this the Bible says not when they saw this hallelujah when they heard the preaching of the word of God they were convicted I feel the convicting power of the Holy Ghost in this place they were convicted in the heart and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles in verse 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now you've put me in this position. Now you've revealed to me that I need Jesus. Now you've revealed to me that I need to be baptized. Now you've revealed to me that I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. How do I do this? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Peter, I'm sure he said to himself, it's not in the scripture. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> then Peter said unto them, 
Repent. Repent. Somebody say it with me. Repent. That means you stop going the direction that you were going and start going another direction. That means if you were on the devil's road, you stop. You don't take a detour. You don't take a side road. You stop where you were going, turn around, and start going the direction that God wants you to go. That's repent. I'm a holiness preacher. You can't still smoke your cigarettes and think that you're going to go to heaven. You can't drink your whiskey and beer and think you're going to make it to heaven. You can't cheat on your husband and your wife and think you're going to go to heaven. You've got to be a holy people. Repent, repent, repent of your sins. You know what's wrong with our world today? As preachers aren't preaching. They've fallen away after money, after filthy lucre, as the Bible says. But that's the word of the Lord. We have to line up our lives according to His word. It's what thus saith the Lord. And Peter said, Repent. There has to be a repentance in our life. There has to be a constant repentance in my life, in your life. If you're going to walk with God, if you're going to serve God, if you're going to live holy for God, you've got to repent. There comes days and times and hours when the Lord speaks to your heart and says, you need to get down on your knees and you need to make some things right. I want to tell you there's some people in here that need to repent of their sins. You need to repent of your gossip. You need to repent of your lying. You need to repent of your rebellion. You need to repent of your stubbornness. You need to repent of your backbiting. You need to get holy. Amen. You need to get holy. You need to stay off the telephone and stop talking about your brother or your sister. You need to stop talking about the pastor. You need to stop talking about people. You need to get down on your knees and start praying. Come on now. Hallelujah. Peter said, repent. You know the message that Jesus preached? He said, repent. You know the message that John the Baptist preached? He said, repent. I want you to know, uh, you don't have to receive this tonight. You can let this go over your head and say it's for somebody else. Or, or you can sit on your phone or whatever you want to do. I'm not coming after you that way. But I am going to preach the word of the Lord. And this is how it goes forth. Whatever you do with it, it's your business. But you can't stand on the judgment day and point your finger at me when I stand before the King of Kings and say, you didn't preach it. I heard my district superintendent say last night that I'm going to be counted, uh, 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 that there's going to be a greater responsibility for me if I preach the word of God. You want to preach? That's good. I'm glad. <clears throat> we need more preachers in this world. But there, are, there comes a responsibility and God is going to look at you a little more finely and a little more carefully to, to see if you actually delivered his word. Oh, come on, brothers and sisters. It's not time to get quiet on me right now. Amen. This is the truth. This is the truth. Peter said unto them, repent. Change your life. Amen. You, 
you can't die a liar and think you're going to wake up on the resurrection day honest. You cannot live immoral and die and then think you're going to hear the trumpet sound and you're going to get up as a moral good person. doesn't work like that. It's the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. You say, I got plenty of time. I'm not sure how much time I've got. I'm not sure how much time you've got. Nobody knows the day or the hour that you will be taken out of here. I'm saying that you better repent. You better hear the voice of the Lord. You say, why are you camping on this, Pastor? Why? Because we don't hear much about repentance anymore. Amen? He said, repent. And when you repent, God forgives you. But you still have a record of sins against you. You still have a legal record. That you need to make right. You need to say, God forgive me. God forgives you. But he says there's a record that's against you. You need to go down to the judge. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And you need to get your sins remitted. Have you ever got stopped by the police with a traffic fine? How many has ever been stopped by the police and... And uh, the red and blue lights were in your mirror. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, no. And maybe you said more than oh, no. <laughs> Repent. <laughs> maybe you said some words about the finest men in blue <laughs> because they're doing their job. <laughs> You were speeding. You ran the red light. You didn't stop at the four-way stop sign. You were driving erratic, whatever you were doing. I see people on their cell phone. I'm going to segue here. I see people on their cell phone, and they're just texting away, texting away. Their head's down so long, they go through intersections. They drive by. They're going for miles, it seems like. And I'm thinking, you need to look up every now and again. Something might be in front of you. And the officer pulls you over and, and he gives you a ticket. Now you have something on your driver's license that you have to take care of. It's a civil fine. Amen. And, you know, uh, you might get away with criminal uh, th things, but civil fines are very exact. And so you go down there. I think I've told you about the time I was driving somebody else's vehicle. You know this really gets on my nerves because I'm still telling it and it happened over 30 years ago. My mother said to me, repent. Oh, Lord, forgive me. It happened over 30 years ago. I was driving somebody else's car. They didn't take care of their registration and the tags on their vehicle were expired. If you're not going to take care of your registration, don't ask me to drive your car. To go down and get some sodas. You know, we were thirsty and that's all I was doing is going down to the convenience store, getting some sodas and coming back home or back to wherever we were working. And so I was in the car, minding my own business, driving the speed limit, driving careful. I was, you know, wasn't in a hurry. It was in traffic. And all of a sudden I look in my rear view mirror and I see these lights and I think they must be going after somebody else. So I keep driving, you know. 
hey, I'm not doing anything wrong. I keep driving, and the officer is getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And I think, what is up? <laughs> so I pulled over, and, and, you know, I rolled down my window, and I pulled out my driver's license like a law-abiding citizen. And, and uh, it was uh, the other person's car, and it was a mess. You know, I, looked, I opened the glove box, and uh, old Coca-Cola cans fell out. I just slammed the thing shut. I don't know what's in there. And... Uh, <laughs> I didn't want a handgun to be in there and it be on me, so I just closed the thing. <laughs> I don't know what's in there. <laughs> Ain't my car. <laughs> so the officer says to me, and driver's in registration, and I said, officer, if you let me, I'll dig around in this glove box and find it. And finally I found it. And, and uh, uh, he looked at me and said, did you notice that the plate is expired? And I looked at him with open my eyes. Well, I, no, I know, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, no, no. He said, yes, it is. It's expired. So he said, I'll be right back. And I'm thinking, well, he's going to give me a warning and send me on my way. Lo and behold, he comes back up there and he says, would you sign right here? This is not saying that you're guilty. This is just saying that you will appear in court. I said, oh, no, I'm going to appear in court. This is not even my car. <clears throat> so anyhow, I got the ticket. I go home and I'm aggravated, you know, how, how it is. You're aggravated and you're upset. and So I say to myself, you know, have you ever done that? You say to yourself, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to defend myself in this traffic court. And so I have pictured in my mind, this was in Indianapolis, I have pictured in my mind that this is a little bitty old room with an old judge and he's not doing anything. He's just sitting there and that I get to go up and spend a lot of time and talk to the judge. Well, that's what I thought. When I got there, there must have been 500 people in the room. I said, did I say 500? I mean the place was packed. And not only that, there was a bunch of people that had their own attorneys. And there's a bailiff there. And they had officers all over the room. And there was a judge. And I noticed much. Too, I was getting nervous, more nervous by the moment. The judge didn't take much time with each case. He said, next. I mean, that gavel looked like a hammer driving in a 16-penny nail. Boom, 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 boom. I said, oh, no, this is not looking good. I'm going to have to talk fast. <laughs> so I, you know, that there, you had to take a number, and the number, you know, I was way back in line. So finally I worked my way up, you know, there, and they're getting uh, three numbers away from me, and I'm getting excited, and I got my spiel already, what I'm going to say. This is not my car. I was minding my own business officer. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I think you should just drop the charges and let me go free. I sounded pretty good to me, even if it had a lot of holes in it. <laughs> so I got up there, and the judge, I, uh, sir, I said, Your Honor, he cut me off. He didn't even let me address him. He looked at the charges against me, and he said, What's the first thing? I mean, the guy was rough. What's the first thing you have to have in driving a vehicle? Well, I thought, well, this is a test now, huh? I'm going back to school. So and he, I said, well, uh, driver's license. I said, a valid driver's license. I, I you know, made sure I had the word valid. You know, it's, He said, very good. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> he said to me, what's the second thing you have to have? I, uh, 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 insurance. 
He said, that's wonderful. This is not going good at all. He said, what's the third thing? And I knew I was sunk. I said, I guess you have to have a valid registration. He slapped that gavel down so hard, it shocked me. He said, that'll be $65 next. The bailiff grabbed me by the arm and said, the clerk of court is right over here. Pay her the money. I got my, in those days, I didn't have a debit card. I had my checkbook with me. You know, I was prepared. If I lost the case, I did lose. <laughs> I wrote that check out so fast, I said, let me get out of here <laughs> before they ask for more money. You know, sometimes you realize I've asked God for forgiveness but I still have a record against me. That record has to be remitted. How is it remitted? And Peter gave us the answer and he said, What? And be baptized every one of you. Everybody say every one of you. Not just if you feel like it. Not just if it's something that you want to do for a public show of devotion. No, every one of us are to be baptized. But there is a special way that you are to be baptized. Amen. You're not sprinkled. You're not uh, uh, water poured over you. you. The word baptizo is a Greek word that means to plunge or to dip. Now I don't norm normally. Uh, I like to swim. But I don't normally go diving in backwards. <laughs> but that's what I do. I dip you backwards up here. But I got a good hold of you man. I put you under and bring you right back up. And the water might be cold when you go down, but you know what? When it come, you come up, it'll warm you. It chilled my body, but not my soul. Hallelujah. <laughs> the scripture says, he said, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that some of you might think that well, I got baptized in the name when I was baptized in the title Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But I have to ask you here tonight, if you turn your Bibles with me to, if you hold your finger right at Acts chapter 2, I need a reader on the platform. Brother Jesse, will you read for me? Can you read for me right, real loud? Act, I mean, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew 1, 21. If you have it, say Amen. Amen. Matthew 1, 21. Brother Rao's getting you a microphone. What does it say? I'll pretend like I got a microphone. <laughs> the book of Matthew 1, 21? Yes. I thought you had it. I was real confident. Like I was going to court. <laughs> Stay in the book. We're, we're, that story's passed. Go ahead and read. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. She yes. will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So what is the son's name? Jesus. Let me hear it again. Jesus. What's the son's name? Jesus. 
Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Go to, go to St. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 43. Quickly, quickly, quickly. If you, say, if you have it, say amen. Five forty-three of Saint John's Gospel. Read it there, Brother Medlin. Five forty-three. I am come in my Father's name. I am come in what? Whose name? My Father's name. So we discovered the name of the Son is what? Jesus. And Jesus said, "I am come in what? My Father's name." So obviously, that is what. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. Right. So obviously the Father's name is what? Jesus. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Turn to John 14, 26. John 14, 26. But the comforter. But the comforter. Does anybody know what the comforter is? I've been talking about it all evening. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, you receive a comforter. He's a comforter. He's your guide. He's your lawyer. He's your doctor. He's the one that cares for you. He's the one that wakes you up in the morning. Why? That's the power of the Holy Ghost. He's your comforter. Right. Read on. Which is the Holy Ghost. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will whom send. Whom the Father will send in my name. Whose name? Jesus. My name. So Jesus. So we've discovered that the Son's name is Jesus. We've discovered that the Father's name is Jesus. And we've discovered that the Holy Ghost's name is Jesus. So whose name should you be baptized in? You should be baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, back to traffic court. When I got up to the window at the clerk of court, she was the nicest lady that I think I've ever met in a courtroom. We have a clerk of court here, and Sister Debbie Berry is a very sweet, wonderful person. Amen. But she made me sign a couple of documents while I was at that window. You know what she said? Sign your name right here. I did not sign my name son. I am a son. My mother, my father. I did not sign my name husband. Well, I wasn't married at the time. I was single. I could have put single down. <laughs> That's my lovely wife right there. Does anybody know her? I am a father now. I wasn't a father then. But I didn't put my name down as father. She said, when you sign these documents, sign your name right here and right there. And then sign your check over to Marion County. Hallelujah. When you go down in the water. Peter said to go down in the name. He said to go down in the name. Not titles. Father is a title. Son is a title. 
and Holy Ghost is a title. I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm a husband. But those are titles of what I am. I'm also a pastor. And sometimes I'm a janitor in this church. And sometimes I'm an organizer. And sometimes I'm other things and I wear many different hats. But my name, when my mother gave me that name, it's Kevin Kenneth Arthur. And that's the name that I have on my driver's license, on my passport, and any legal document, it has my name. We, tonight, we prayed for people to be healed in the name of Jesus. I didn't say in the name of the Father. I didn't say in the name of Son. I didn't say in the name of Holy Ghost. I said in the name of Jesus. Why did I say in the name of Jesus? Because there is power in the name of Jesus. The bank, West End Bank called and said, you need to come down and sign some documents for this property. And I said, okay, I'll be down. And she said to sign your name right here. I could have put pastor because that's what I am. But that's not a legal designation for me. It has to have my name on it. I sign my name. And when you go down in the name, everybody say the name. When you go down in the name of Jesus, there is authority in my name. Jesus said use my name that your joy might be full somebody shout hallelujah you say really pastor turn to Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 brother Madeline you're a good reader for me tonight if you say it if you have it say amen Acts chapter 22 verse 16 and now, why tarriest thou? Why are you waiting? That's the, the Ananias looking at the apostle Paul. He had been three days fasting. He had scales on his eyes. There was a lot of problems going on in his life, or so he thought, but God was doing something wonderful and miraculous. He sent him a man of God. You know, if you're going to be saved, you have to have a man of God in your life. And I want to say here, thank you for everyone that wrote me notes of love and appreciation and all the food that was prepared. Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. But you have to have a man of God. You must have a preacher, someone that will tell you the truth, that doesn't tell you a falsehood and say, you're okay. Okay, I'm telling you the truth tonight. All right. And Ananias went there and prayed over him and said, Brother Paul, Brother Saul, God's got a work for you to do. Laid his hands on him and Saul received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. He told the Corinthian church. And Ananias said, now don't wait. It's not time. You know, I have, I've had, went to churches, Brother Medlin, and they said, I said, well, where's the water and the baptism? Oh, we fill it up, uh, and we, have, we hold all of our baptisms for three months. I said, three months? What? You just got my back up. <laughs> three months? What if they should die? What if the Lord should come? Come on, brothers and sisters. This has to be done immediately. Why are you waiting? Why are you delaying? Why are you meditating? You see it in the scripture. You must be baptized in Jesus' name. Yes. Right. Yeah. He said, well, can you show me in the scripture? I'm going to show you here that 
the word Jesus, the Lord was invoked or said over the person that was baptized. What does that say, Brother Heavenly? He said, Arise. Arise. And, and be baptized. And be baptized. And wash away thy sins. Washing away your sins. That's that remission. Calling on the name. Calling. Calling on the name. Calling on the name. Of the Lord. Calling on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. When we baptize somebody in water here, we, we, I, I tell them, I, I pray over them, and we say, in Jesus' name, I'm getting ready to baptize you. And I say, because of the confession of your faith and your willingness to be buried in the likeness of our Lord and Savior, I now baptize you into the name of Jesus Christ. We put on the name. I wear the name. The name spiritually is on my forehead. I've got the name in me. Hallelujah. I've got the Spirit of God in me. In me. He said, Arise and be baptized. What? In calling on the name of the Lord. Of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? We found out. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 says thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from his sins. And my, uh, John chapter 5 verse 43 he said what? Uh, Whom the Father shall send in my name. Was it 1426 to the comforter whom the Holy, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. What does it say in 543? I can't remember it right now. <laughs> I come in my Father's name. That's it. So we've discovered what the name of Jesus, uh, 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 the Son is, is Jesus. We've discovered that the name of the Father is Jesus. Right. We've discovered that the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Uh, so right. why would I be baptized in any other way except right. in the name of Jesus? Right. I pray in the name of Jesus. I cast out devils in the name of Jesus. I heal the sick in the name of Jesus. I bless. I anoint all in the name of Jesus. Why would I not go down in the name of Jesus? Amen. I have been baptized in the name of Jesus. Now let me tell you this. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus... You must be rebaptized. Right. Right. Go to Acts chapter 19, brother, brother Madeline. <laughs> We're preaching truth to you tonight, amen. Go to Acts 19. What does it say there? And he said and unto them. This is chapter 19, verse 1. The apostle Paul goes and he meets 12 disciples of John the Baptist. Read on. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you received the Holy Ghost? I meet a lot of believers in Jesus Christ. We're not trying to dispute your experience. I'm glad for any experience that you have with God. We celebrate that. I don't denigrate it. I celebrate it with you. Any experience. But... As Paul said to those who he found here, these 12 men, have you received the Holy Ghost since you started believing? Read on, Brother Medlin. And they said unto him, 
We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost? Tell me about the Holy Ghost. Well, I've been preaching about it all this morning and tonight, and we'll continue to preach about it. But the Holy Ghost is when the Spirit of God comes into your heart. And when you speak out words that you've never learned, it, the Holy Spirit will use your vocal cords and your tongue and your lips to speak a language that you did not learn as a child. It's a heavenly language. Amen. Amen. It's when the Spirit of God comes down and fills your heart. It's Amen. called the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they said, we haven't even heard whether there be such. What is that? Go ahead, read. And he said unto them, unto them, what then were ye baptized? Tell me how you were baptized. Now here's a question. He's asking, how were you baptized? This is very important. Read on. And they said unto John's baptism. We were baptized according to John's baptism. Now they could have stopped there and said we're pretty good. We've gone a ways. We've done pretty good, you know. We've repented. I don't, we don't know about the Holy Ghost, but we do have an experience. You know, I, I find previous or later on in that same chapter, or rather the, the chapter before, there was a man named Apollos. And he was mighty in the scripture. He was quite a preacher. Have you ever read about Apollos in the scripture? The Bible says that Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and explained the word of God to him more perfectly. Yeah. Why? Because he was preaching John's baptism. But when revelation came to him, right. he received revelation. Right. You have to be teachable and to receive right. revelation. Amen? Amen. Amen. Read on. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Then said Paul, John baptized with the baptism of repentance. When he baptized people, he would say, I now baptize you into repentance and look for the promise of the Messiah. It was a beginning. It was something that was a start. I'm, as I said before, I celebrate any experience you have with God. I, one man told me that God spoke to him in a bar room. He had a beer in front of him and he was half drunk. And he said that God spoke to me. And I said, I agree with you. Most likely God did speak to you. But that's not where you stop. He spoke to you in a bar room. But now right. you're in a place of worship. And I'm preaching to you truth. And so now it's time for you to go on beside doing good works doing good works will not save you you must be born again of the water and the spirit Right. somebody shout hallelujah, hallelujah. don't get quiet on me now read on brother Medlin John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after believe him. on him believe on the Messiah the Messiah is coming and John they don't call him John the Baptist for nothing. He baptized thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And the people that he baptized were very devoted and they were very uh, pious in their love for God. They realized that they had needed more than just what they were doing at the temple. It was more than just the, all the sacrifices and the holy days and the moon, new moons and the Sabbaths. They wanted the Spirit of God 
God in the heart. And so they were searching. And a lot of John's disciples came in and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know they did have an experience. And I'm not saying that you don't have an experience with God. I believe that you do. But you must go on to further revelation. And the revelation of the name of Jesus. Yes. Somebody say the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Read on, Brother Medlin. Believe on him which should come after him. Believe on him. That is on Christ Jesus. That is on Christ Jesus. And the Apostle Paul is saying that, that you must believe on him who is coming after. Who is coming after. That is Christ Jesus. He has arrived. He went to the cross. He died on the cross. He was in the grave for three days. And on the third day he rose again to newness of life. That's who I'm talking to you about. That's what John looked forward to and John prophesied about. And now I'm telling you about him. You right. didn't know about him. But I'm telling you about him now right. you say well I wasn't baptized in Jesus name maybe you weren't baptized in Jesus name but I'm telling you a new revelation and a new truth I'm not making this up out of my head this right. is coming straight from the word of God you're hearing it and you can read it in your own Bible right. Amen. read on when they heard this they were baptized when they heard this when they heard this I didn't say, well, I've already got an experienced preacher. I've already got something going on in my life. I don't right. need to be rebaptized. All right. Here's 12 men, and lo and behold, I believe they, these men were preachers. That doesn't say that. But I believe they were preachers and going around preaching John's baptism, John's call to repentance, because that's what the, the John the Baptist did. He preached, repent, repent, repent. Right. And so he said, what? Read it again to me. And when they heard this, and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, when revelation comes your way, you got to act on it. Amen. Jesus said, "Tarry ye into the in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high." They acted on His words. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came suddenly. When the revelation came, when the Spirit of God came, they didn't reject it. They received it. Why? Because they were waiting. You know why you came to this service tonight? You know why you're listening to me preach? Because I'm preaching a revelation to you that you must have to be saved. You must have this to go to heaven. Right, right. Hallelujah. I've lost some of you, but I hope you get back on board. Read on. And when Paul had laid his hands on, upon them... The Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. They spake with tongues and prophesied. What else? And all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. This started, this began a great revival. I'm talking to you about the beginning revival. When you receive a revelation from God, there is a great revival that takes place. We see that when these 12 men receive what the Apostle Paul, he, they did not reject it. They didn't really know Paul that well. They didn't reject it. Uh, but when they heard the word of God, they received it. Uh, and a great revival took place uh, in their family. You want to see your family saved. You want to see your husband and your wife saved. You want to see your children saved. Uh, receive revelation. And and God will work a miracle in your life. 
That's the miracle that the preacher was talking about tonight. Hallelujah. Raise your hands right now to the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that the spirit of revelation and truth and grace get upon us right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now this is truth that came out of the word of God. You can receive it tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Let's wait on the Holy Spirit. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place since we started singing the first song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Right now, there are some individuals that know they need to come and repent of your sins. You've been doing some things that you, uh, you know that have been wrong. You need to repent of your sins tonight. You need to come to this altar and say, God, cleanse me. Make me whole. Make me pure. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, tonight is the night to get baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You pray in His name. You heal the sick in His name. You do all kinds of many mighty works in his name Matthew chapter 7 verse uh, the, the last portion of that chapter said that there were followers of Jesus that did many mighty works and they did it all in the name of Jesus I'm talking to you about the most powerful name of Jesus I remember one time my family was driving down the road and a car was coming at us and we didn't even know how we were going to avoid that vehicle but my mother cried out Jesus and in that instance that car swerved to the side and we went right by why because somebody called on the most powerful name in the universe hallelujah 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 would you stand to your feet tonight I'm going to ask you to come to this altar Hallelujah. We have great, we have baptismal clothes in the back. We have towels. We have an altar here. If you need the Holy Ghost, please come forward. We will pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost. If you need to be baptized, this is an opportunity for you to be baptized. If you need to repent of your sins and make your heart right with God, this is a place to do it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There is power. 